Hey, we're the bros, and we're in the back room of the sanctuary where the conversation happens. Today, we're going to have a little couple topics here. We're going to talk about AI, the different pros and cons of AI, and what we think are benefits to the church, benefits to society, and the cons to church and society. And also, we're going to get into some little bit more hard topic about church hurt, and we're going to just get a little bit of our feelings on our that. feelings about that. So, without further ado, we're going to have John bring up the subject, and we'll go on from there. So, John. So, I'm trying to find a good article about AI right now. Um, there, there are a lot of cons that I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, for example, in the aircraft industry, AI is very much a pro. Absolutely. With it being... Um, you can use it to create flight plans. You can use yeah. it. You can create the messages that they give on flights. Kind of like autopilot stuff too. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. If if an airplane learns how you fly as you do it, that's helpful. Think of self-driving technology. That's all run through AI. The same way AI is built, with just running it through many instances of different things and having a wide range of tests done before it. Yeah, and uh, also like like with the autopilot situation, like. You put your car in, in full motion. Cars, airplanes, all that kind of stuff. You can yeah. literally just hit a button and the that one thing, thing will take care of itself. The one thing with that, though, is there's always a danger of it not being able to predict what to do in a situation. That's when we don't rely on it, though. That, we, yeah. can't, we can't sit there you and rely on it. You can do the same it. with the pilot, potentially, too. Yeah. We can't rely on the AI. We can't sit there and just say, I'm going to trust this AI yeah. to sure. do what it said it's going to do. Um, how many? Have you seen the um, Teslas? There's, yeah. there's this couple of Teslas that they have uh, auto, autonomous driving, which I'm pretty sure is AI. It is. Have you ever seen those Teslas that are on the road and they, they're doing these self-driving stuff? Yeah. It's all autonomous. And it's really troubling to know that there's a lot of people that are sit there or sleeping in their car going to work. They trust in an AI thing. The, the, the self-driving is meant to be an assistance. Like my dad, yeah, my dad's of car. My dad's car has a uh, lane correction. Right. Well, wait, wait. He's driving. If he's not paying attention, if he gets near the thing, it'll beep, All and then it'll, it'll, itself. yeah, it'll just kind of steer itself back into the lane. It does not turn for him. <laughs> <laughs> if my dad falls asleep on the way to work, we're still gonna die. Imagine if it did turn <laughs> for him, though. Man, yeah, that would be crazy. The people that are falling asleep on the wheel, the Teslas. That's terrifying they are it, i've seen one it had lost battery or whatever and stopped in the middle of the highway mm -hmm. and if the person was up and driving the car full attentive he could have avoided being in the middle of the highway yeah yes. you know it could have been a very dangerous situation sure um, but you know ai is that's a negative part about ai but the positive part about that is you know it's an assistant like you said the negative part of it, too, is that it's a technology that is growing so quickly. It's exponential. It's growing faster than we're going to be able to control it. Agreed, and it's growing faster than people know what to do with it. Yeah. As far as when it comes to the potential that you can unlock it with, but also the testing. If you just go into something without the amount of testing that's being done... You know, Tesla does a good job with kind of just, they do fail testing. Like, they just do it until it fails. And then if it fails, they understand how it works and keep going because they have the funds to be able to do that. Right. And I've seen videos of Tesla cars, you know, 
somebody demonstrating how the self-driving works on a left-hand turn, which are dangerous for drivers. And there were several times where he'd have to stop the car from driving in the middle of traffic. Right. Because I thought it was safe, and it was not by visual standards, by the, you know, human r judgment of the driver. So it's not infallible. It's, you know, it's a danger sometimes if you completely put your trust in that because, again, it doesn't know all. It doesn't have all the information that a human can have. When it comes to those things that, that are susceptible to error, I mean, humans obviously are too, but we don't yeah. expect robots to be there. And one thing that could be considered a pro or a con, depending on what your job is, for me it would be considered a con because uh, an AI, a robot, can work continually for 24 hours, yeah. seven days a week. I can't do that. So it, the the ability to replace me with a robot that does yeah. my job, or at least most of my job. Well, it, it also is, you know, it, it gets information from books. It looks on web articles. It's able to read. It has a search engine on board. Yes. Yeah. So it is able to take in information that you don't. And also, and also, it's also maintenance. Like, very fast. Yeah. It, when, when, like, if we replace you to do your job with a mm -hmm. robot... That robot can work 24 hours a day, seven days a week, until Something it breaks. needs to be greased, until it needs to be figured out and yeah. like worked on, and uh, that's and there's a there's with that there's a fine line of when do you stop it to to grease it. And the company I work at, when the arm falls off, that's when you grease it. <laughs> <laughs> and, Everybody sure. else is like, uh, please don't say where you work at, so we don't have no. any issues. Yeah, no, I'm not gonna yeah, do that. Yeah, I'm not gonna yeah. do that. Thank goodness I'd have to cut it out. Hey, that guy, uh, let's just go ahead and fire him. <laughs> not sponsored anymore. <laughs> John's not no sponsored anymore. No more sponsorships. <laughs> yeah. But. Hey, also, let's look at this. You said We said about society, the church. You yeah, know, let's let's, let's, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up a, a big con that I feel like the church faces with AI. And it has to do with the Bible. We have the Bible. And our church, our church... You know, we're we're Church of God. We're Pentecostal. We're holiness. Yep. We believe in the King James Version. Yeah. We believe that the King James Version is, you know, full right and, and true. Right and true. Ordained by God and, and authorized God. throughout time. So, thank you, Bill. That was, thank you, perfect. But AI is a threat. Yes. Because how many people do you know go to their phones and when the pastor says, hey, go to John 7 and 7, and we're going to go to John 7 and 7, and then in the Bible... We go to that, and yeah. we we refer to that and say that's what the Bible says. AI has had a threat on it, saying we're gonna ch we're gonna make the Bible an AI Bible, where it's gonna take the Roman I mean, the, the Greek and um, he, uh, Hebrew Hebrew Bibles, and we're gonna translate it through AI so it's more correct and true to what they're saying. Um, that's a big threat, I believe, to the church. I think that's a big problem that we face. Well, and, and to people who don't know, the way AI works, or at least that sort that you're describing, is that it is given a whole lot of source material to look at. So that can be online articles, that could be books, that could be scientific documents that are right. written. It just gives a whole wide range of information. So it has all this information. And it just mashes it all into and one. And it mashes it all into one and, and learns while it does it. So if somebody tells you that's incorrect, then it will correct itself right. within reason. I've seen things where where people have been able to 
you know, make an AI believe with some work, but eventually it will say that two plus two is five. Uh-huh. And it, it can learn from that because you keep correcting it and say, no, that's incorrect. And it right. doesn't matter how much information you give it. The problem with the Bible is that if you're not basing the source material off something that is as perfect as the Word of God, then it will bring other things in there. And so many people have written, you know, well-meant but incorrect statements about the way the Bible is presented and and things of that nature that have made mistakes on that, that it would bring in. And, and we don't have any other information other than just the Word of God itself. Right. Well, so, we have to... Yeah. You know, the Bible if we're looking for how to present... Or uh, what is the word? I'll think of the word. Keep going. The Bible says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Yeah. So if we're relying on AI to give us the Word of God, we're not studying, we're going to be in a bad place. You know? Especially if, if it slowly changes little words here and there, and like you guys were saying yeah. earlier. And it may if, get to the if, point where it starts criticizing the Word of God because that's the way that the culture is moving yeah. now. Yeah. You got any uh, positive uh, things for AI in the church? Um, not really. No, I do. Okay. So, go, ahead, go ahead, Bill. I was going to say something. If... I mean, I'm not a preacher, but if I was, there's ways that you could have it categorize things yeah. and search for things that is helpful. I was going to say the same thing, but if you got... Go ahead and say Just what you got If you needed a summation of, of different points together, right. it's like, here's all of the things I have. Can you collect this into a group of points and have different things? And I'm sure it could do it. And all you need to do is a slight bit of editing as a person to make sure that it's accurate to what you want. We know we use an AI. We, yeah. we use an AI to create our image for... Oh, yeah, our, our logo. logo. Right. All it said was, hey, what do you want your logo to be? And we just, we just put it in like a paragraph. Well, not a paragraph, but a, a couple statements. And it literally put a couple pictures that we decided, well, hey, that one looks good. We're sure. going to pick that one. It gave you a couple you know, choices. Yeah. I, I don't remember what the logo is. If you don't know what, if you don't know what our is, logo is, you can go to thebrospod.com. It'll, be the, it'll be the image on top. Yes, absolutely. If you want to go there, you can also leave feedback. We would love for you to. It's uh, a great website, a work in progress a little bit. Uh, I'm kind of learning how to do this as I go along. But you can listen to the podcast there, and if you click the Gray Listen Now button, it'll take you to our, our podcast directory where you can find it on all platforms. So you, if you don't want to have to search through and make sure it's there, you can just find wherever you listen to podcasts right on that site. But yeah, and give us reviews. There's a, a place to do reviews. Give us a star rating, one through five. And if you want to give us suggestions, we'll, we will read your suggestions and your reviews on the podcast. So sure. far, we haven't had any yet, but we're so excited to see what you guys have to say about Well, and if podcast. you don't want to let people know that you sent in stuff, we will see the name, but we're not going to tell anybody. And there is an option on that feedback right. that you can be read and honestly. So I say what you said, but I won't say a name. I won't say an email address. It'll, it'll, it'll say, if, if it says... Um, the the second portion says read read my comment, but I want to be anonymous. If you click that, we will not read your name. But if you like, the sure. first comment, just the first this is a five star review exactly. or four it, the star first, review. The first button says read my comment. It doesn't say anything about being anonymous. So if if that anonymous isn't there, we'll go ahead and read your name. Um, you know. So yeah. Um, so back to your point, Bill. Um, I was going to say the same thing about pastor study. You can go into pastor study and you can say, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna look up Jonah, and I'm going to preach about Jonah, and the message I'm going to put about is turning around, yeah. you know, and then the the Bible can, I mean, the AI can show you a bunch of different things to, to put in your, yeah. put your into your, one, um, one thing that could outline. be, 
could be an issue is the cost of a, of a full AI would be a difficult thing for, not as much now because there's AI apps you can download on your phone. But to me, that's, that's an issue is the cost. Uh, also, again, with, with humans, with pastors or whoever relying too much on it is, is very much an issue for me. Um, you know, because I'm lazy. I would rely on it too much. I know that. I know, but we're, we also have human minds, and we tend to forget a lot of things. You know, you go into your... Imagine you're going to try to bring up a scripture. Um, let's just say you go into the Bible app, and this is a, a sort of AI. Would you say so, Bill? Yeah. When you go to your AI and you say quite the, the little search bar, and you type in, I want to look for this, you know this part of the scripture it goes through the bible and it finds that portion that that phrase, phrase that you said and it matches it to all different scriptures that you have looked that could be positive to what you were looking for i don't know if it's technically ai but i see it's a point. type of ai it's not all it's, the, it's, it's not, a it's a search, a search yeah. yeah but but you can do that with different sorts of ai as well is look for things in this version or maybe you would say cross-reference this with strong concordance and it would look through that and do it yeah. but but you don't have to go directly to that spot you don't have to google it it would do it itself right and and can do a wide range of things and i agree that trusting it too much is a danger it is a danger that's why you should always make sure that it is backed up in the word if that's what you're doing it with right like i said study the word you know um anything else on your ai topic uh like bill was saying earlier you can use it to make plans or like if you need to plan a, a church fun day you can use it and and set up time frames and stuff like that i wonder if we have uh the ability to even do a fun day for the church it'll be neat i mean really neat but you know you can use it to at this point write song lyrics and you know write chord progressions you mean i don't have to think about a song lyric i could just go ahead and say what just, i want to sing about and the just lyrics tell just what come. you want to sing about and it'll write something for you and 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 you can take what you like and then redo it and see if you like something better from that and just keep going and eventually have a, a good song that you like that sounds a lot less work for a songwriter sure <laughs> but who owns the rights to that song exactly that's yeah. what i was you gonna think about you didn't you didn't write it up. so that's a big thing coming up now where all of a sudden rights are an issue because mm-hmm. robots don't have rights thank goodness i wonder <laughs> if it's gonna go to the person that created the ai like if we yeah could, or we create the AI, because it's AI from created, amalgamation it. of different things on the internet do they all get credit or is it just did you do it because you put in what to say or who knows no my program my ai program is what you use so if my ai program made your song then my my yes but to make your ai program you had to use information from other people yeah yeah that's 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 hard that's hard to do yeah it is but you don't own that either i know that's (laughs) that's the hard part that's what i mean it's difficult to say you know what is what is really written or not when it comes to AI because there's no way to really categorize that as I did that or, you know, anything. Yeah. You just, it's, it's almost like, um, what's the plagiarism? It's almost like plagiarism where someone yeah. else comes up with something and you take that and yeah, copy it for sure. yourself. So, Bill, do you have anything for your segment that you're going to come up with? Yeah, I, um, we had talked a little bit about topics and one of the topics you wanted to talk about was church hurt. And I, know we brought it up at the beginning of the episode but i started thinking about different you know things in the bible that could apply to church hurt because you know i think with with all that we do in life 
the best thing to do is base it on biblical principles. Right, exactly. And so I, uh, it's it's the parable of the wicked husbandman in uh, Luke chapter twenty, starting in verse nine. Can I can I get a second so I can no, you're good. pull it up? Yeah, all the people at home are gonna pull it up right now. So he said Luke Luke twenty and verse nine. Luke twenty and verse nine. I just want to be able to read along with it. Sure. There's also an example in Mark, but I think the one usually the one in Luke is is uh has more detail sometimes on hey, that and i think i think luke was a scholar man he was he was oh he, his he, writing had some of the best the people still base his books on some of the most historical writing that's ever happened with yeah. different things wasn't uh, he also a physician yes he, yeah, was. he was a scholar he was a physician, physician and scholar he, he knew how to write very well all right uh then began he speaking of jesus to speak to the people this parable a certain man planted a vineyard and led it forth to husbandmen and went into a far country for a long time, uh, which husbandmen are the people who take care of the vineyard. They do all this stuff. I'm sorry if I'm over explaining this, but I don't know if people may not know this. Not everybody's going to understand yeah. what you mean by that, but, you, but by husbandmen, but you explaining it will okay. be good service. I'll try to explain it a little bit so people understand what's going Go on. Go ahead. And at the season, meaning the season in which it By goes. the way, yeah. do not hold back. Okay. From reading it, like you remember how Brother Don was reading that yes. story about Ezra. I mean Esther. Sure. Esther. Don't hold back. Just read it how you want to read it and okay. let it go. Sure. I mean it's right. you're. I like I I'm for one, who, I like people when I like what how oh, that sounds funny. I like when people I like when people when they read the Bible to you and they give a perspective to it. Yes. Yeah. And that helps me to understand the perspective. And it's not just reading word for word. I think that sure. when you put when you put in that, it helps me to also Understand. learn better. Yeah, I'm not one for always like preaching. I'm like I like the one that that's teaching. Sure. People that teach, I get a lot more from that. You can preach all day. I'm probably gonna sit there and amen to you a lot. But when you uh -huh. teach me, I can get more from it. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, go ahead, Bill. Right. I'm sorry. I'm and sorry if you're following you along, it'll make it easier so you know if I'm breaking from this, you know, the word to explain something. Yeah. But, King James version, if yes. you would. So yeah. at the season, meaning when the uh, season of growth was was time for them to harvest, he sent a servant to the husbandman that they should give him of the fruit of the vineyard. But the husbandman beat him and sent him away empty. So when the se season of growth is up, then they will harvest it and they'll sell it. Which is, you know, why you're making it. And so he's and, asking. And the, the Lord was like, hey, let me, let me see some of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they hey, were like. No. I told you to take care of this. Part of that is, is giving me the money. Where's right. the money? However, the husbandmen were like, well, guess who's here? And you're not. <laughs> we're not going to give you no money. So they sent, he sent a messenger to them. And what do they do? They took the messenger and they beat him because they're like, Lord isn't here. It's fine. They beat him and sent him back because the Are Lord you isn't sure coming it's up. the money and not the actual fruit of the vineyard? Like the no, I don't think so because you're going to sell it. It says fruit of the harvest, but I, I think that's not literally the fruit. When you're talking about fruit, you're talking about what comes from it, not just yes. not, not like your fruit of your labor I mean, isn't like possibly. actual fruit. Your fruit of your labor is work. Is yes. You know, I was sorry, just, that was not a good. Yeah, yeah. That was not a bad. Don't <laughs> mind it's me. Fine, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, husband beat him and sent him away empty. And again, he sent another servant. So he sent another guy. He's like, Verse listen, 11. make sure to explain to them about what they need to do. Maybe he sent a slightly larger guy than the one he had before. Maybe he thought that would help if he sent a big muscular guy. Yeah, and, a little bit more, more. Yeah. Uh, and they beat him also and entreated him shamefully and sent him away empty. 
So again, what does it mean that they treated him shamefully? What do you think? Uh, they treated was? him badly, or possibly they called him a lot of names. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to be in a dictionary? Possible. Look yeah, up, like, look that up. Look, look him in treated. Treated means. E N T. You have to type faster than that. I was, <laughs> I was, I was trying to use my Bible app. My Bible app supposed to have a. I made a verse image of it. <laughs> That's what I did. Yeah, that's what you know. What's funny is they have some verses that they just give you the. I wish they'd have more AI on that, where it would have an actual image that related to the verse instead of just like it being something awful, of yeah. of just like Ehud stabbing Eglon in the stomach and it's just a sunset. Oh my! It gives word. you. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying it's bad, but the Bible just has some things in it that are like the verse image could be really good, mm. and powerful to go along with it, and instead it's something that doesn't relate. Entreated. Entreated. What does it say? Ask someone earnestly or obnoxiously to do something. So, I, so I it's that's... not really treating them. It's like it's, it's talking, talking to them, asking them. Yeah. Give me a second. Let's see if that's what it means. Let's read it again I'm, like that. I'm doing the Webster 1828. That's how you got to do this thing. Maybe that's what you had to do. Webster. That's a good thing to have is Webster 1828 because Webster 1828 uh, gives def definitions that are biblical and God-centered, yes, which is really good for you to get a good uh, representation of what it means. Uh, there's a second definition. It says to treat someone in a specified manner. Yeah, so to treat them shamefully. Yeah. No, okay, so maybe that's what used, it managed. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's a bunch of different ones. But abused or used? Used, but used. either way, just okay. the way you act around somebody. Or to someone. Um, we just learned something today. Yes, we did. Uh -huh. And we're only in two we're in verse 11, right? Maybe my uh, verse 12 now. And treated him shamefully and sent him away empty. Verse 12. And again, he sent a third. He's like, oh, this guy, he's, he's my best friend. I'll send this guy, this servant. I like this guy. Big giant guy with muscles. There's mm -hmm. no way they'll be. Yeah, for up. sure. He's definitely a big guy. And they time. wounded him also. So now they're not only beating him, they're wounding him, which is synonymous well, somewhat. somebody had a knife? I'm assuming. Possible. Maybe they hit him with a brick. You're they in a cast vineyard. him out. They have Maybe he scraped his knee when they cast him out. That's a possibility. Mm. Then said the Lord of the vineyard, what shall I do? He ran out of servants. He sent three. They all were beaten and wounded and entreated shamefully. What shall I do? I will send my beloved son. It may be they will reverence him when they see him. Now, not the best idea in my opinion. There is a slight lapse in logic there, but if you love and respect a person enough, there's a lot of people that I respect a lot, and I enjoy being around them, and, and I, I really, they're high up on my list. Right. Like me, and, right? I think that's me, Bill. I mean, John, <laughs> I think that's me. <laughs> we know it's neither one of us. Yeah. <laughs> and if I would say to a different person, hey, this guy's the best, you're going to get along great with him. There are times where sometimes that doesn't happen, right. where they just don't click, and you're like, oh, I thought you really liked that guy or whatever. But it's just different, and I like that person, but it doesn't mesh with the other person. I think that's what happens when you, you know, this is what's going on. It's like, this is my son. Surely they're going to at least respect him a little bit, and they'll say, oh, he's, he's coming. This must be serious. Okay, I, I, yeah. I see that. It, however, it did not say that the Lord of the Vineyard reasoned. <laughs> it just said that he said, what shall I do? So he didn't know what to do. And then his second response to that was to send his yeah. son. Do you think his son But was... when the husband, when saw him, they reasoned among themselves. 
saying, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him that the inheritance may be ours. Yeah, that's logic right there. Yeah, they, they well, thought about Well, let's kill it. his son. That hey, way he'll just give it to us. The heir is there. So if, if something happens to the Lord of the vineyard, it would go to the son. Now it's going to go to somebody else. Maybe us because we own it. And we've heard in you know, movies and all sorts of different things, possession is nine points of the law. So, you know, they, they possess it, and now the heir is going to be gone. So they kill the heir. So they cast him out of the vineyard and killed him. And then Jesus asked the crowd a question here. What, therefore, shall the Lord of the vineyard do unto them? He shall come and destroy those husbandmen and shall give the vineyard the others. And then the, the people, and when they heard it, they said, God forbid. And he beheld them, saying, What is this, then, that is written? The stone which the builders rejected, the same has become the head of the corner. Whosoever shall fall on that stone shall be broken, but on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind into powder. Mm. And uh, this is an interesting, very interesting topic for me. Uh, I've enjoyed this parable before. I think it's an interesting parable. It is referring to Jesus. And the crowd couldn't understand that. The people he was talking to weren't able to understand at that point. Because, you know, they, they, when they're talking about the air, they're talking about Jesus. But the reason I thought of this when it applies to church hurt, you may think this is an interesting choice. And it took me a little bit to understand bit. why I thought of that. Yeah, I'm kind of trying to yeah, I'm, I'm together yeah, here now. Together. So as us as Christians, sometimes we don't live the life to the best that we should. And we have things that we hide or are doing that, that we don't. Some, sometimes we don't know they're wrong. Sometimes we do. Right. But right. there are times where we get into a service and a message deals conviction to us, mm -hmm. right? And so okay. God is far away from us. He's not immediately right here to our minds. Sometimes we feel that way in church. Sometimes sure. he's not a physical being that's right next to us. I think it would be a lot easier if he was. <laughs> it, would be it would be more forced. I think he wants us to have free will, and that includes not being right next to us at every decision that we can see. Yeah, I think we would, we would be you in know, the point where he's here, so we have yeah, to act right. That's why it helps to think that Jesus is always watching us sometimes because we have to do what's right. Right, he knows but, where we thought. But with him being, you know, the, the parable described it as in a far country, he sent a servant to the husband. So he led it forth to husbandmen. And when I refer to husbandmen here, I'm not, I think we are the husbandmen. The I church? Think, yes, the okay. church. And okay, we, okay. But, but in, in a bigger sense, we, we are husbandmen taking care of what God has given us. You know, and then that goes into different orders of the pastors or whatever. So we're the, we're the husbandmen that's taking care of the vineyard. Yes, taking care the of the vineyard and trying to plant things in that. So what's the vineyard then? What's the what's the, the, vineyard, the vineyard? Is the 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 crops the, the that world? are planted? Yes, the world that we're okay, trying to witness. So we're to. trying to okay. we're trying to make a harvest on the world. We're trying right. to harvest the world and and reap something from them and and plant seeds. Wow, that's that's yeah, that's deep. And so, no pun intended, what the fruit so at the season, so <laughs> when it's time to get ready, right. he sent a servant to the husbandman that they should give him of the fruit of the vineyard. And, and I took this to mean, this is not as in line with the analogy, but sometimes we have to have our field planted and, and plowed before we can plow anybody else's. And we right. can, you like know, that we're not about yeah. moten. Yeah, if, you're, your if your neighbor has a, the beam out of a the moat in his eye and you have a beam in your eye, who, why are you going to say take the moat out of your eye? First, take the beam out, which is a very funny example of very, you know, over-the-top hyperbole. But yeah. um, but I think that sometimes God, the, when it says that he sent a servant, 
that's usually what I'm thinking there is is preaching. That he will send a message or he'll send conviction of some kind to your heart to or tell this, you this what you need to do, right? You're not doing it right. He's just asking, can you do this? So because of that, you know, we'll have a preacher come and, and we've all been in that situation so where we've had a message preached and we felt convicted over something. I'm going to explain this. Don't worry. <laughs> so the servant would be like an evangelist? Servant, evangelist, pastor, even just in your sometimes in your prayer life he sent several messengers here in this parable oh, there were multiple messengers wow. so the point is is the first message that came maybe it was your pastor mentioning something to you not on the pulpit maybe right. it was just him taking or maybe let's say first messenger is the pulpit the first messenger is is the pastor just saying something about you know maybe something about the standard of holiness, maybe something about just, you know, if you're living with hidden sin, you need to make it right with Jesus. That's a message. God has sent a servant to you. Right. Now, the first messenger, the the husbandman beat him and sent him away empty. And now we don't physically beat that person, but sometimes mentally we put the anger we feel, you know. And pin it to them. Pin it to that person. And the reason I was hesitating a little, I was trying to think of how to add it where, you know, we love, you know, the humans are not supposed to love money, but that was a part of it is, is that they wanted to keep doing what they were doing. They wanted to be in charge of that. Right. And they wanted to say that the husbandmen were here, we're getting the benefits. You're not here. Why are you going to get anything? You didn't do anything. Right. <laughs> you know, technically. I feel like that sometimes. Yes. And so, so they beat the messenger and sent him away because they wanted to keep doing what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And so then they, God sent a second servant. Maybe that's, you know, maybe that's an evangelist coming and preaching the same exact thing. Right. And then, Different message. And the same we, message. We, we beat him and we put it on that person. We say they're the one causing the conviction, not God. They don't do that. Oh, wow. Sometimes I've done that myself where, you know, especially a, a pastoral role is very hard because if they know you well, you yeah. always feel like it's that person talking. Right, right. And if it is, they were ordained by God. To do what they're doing. You should probably listen, you should to, listen to what anyway. they're saying. And right. even if it's on the pulpit or it's not, that's something that, you know, Brother Tony Stidham had said that at some point when he was preaching. He said that if I say something to you, I'm not saying it out of the Bible. As far as I'm, I'm in the Bible when I'm talking to you about this. I'm, I'm saying it with biblical reference. I'm not saying if some, I see something you're doing that appears wrong, what does it matter if I know what you are doing or not? If God has told me to tell you about it, if I know, it doesn't matter. I just, you know, I have a basis. And right. so we sometimes put that on them and say, oh, they just know it, so I don't have to listen to them. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Right. Uh, and, you know, third messenger wounded him also, cast him out. Then said the Lord of the vineyard, what shall I do? I will send my beloved son. It may be that they will reverence him when they see him. And that comes with if we are living a life, and this is going more towards sin, uh, if not just something that is maybe a bad habit or something like that, but it's something that directly leads to sin. The final right. answer is we have to repent of that again. And, you know, that goes with us not believing in once saved, always saved. I don't believe that personally, and I'm not going to yeah, bring it up too well. much. But I, th- I feel that you have to repent of your sin, and you can still, you can still sin after you get saved. It's a, it continu- is possible. It's a continual walk. Yes. So with that, if we are living in, in some kind of secret sin or, or something that isn't pleasing to God... And the final message is going to be Jesus talking to us and saying, hey, you need to repent. And sometimes that's through our prayer life where we feel convicted over something ourselves without having anyone tell us about it. Or those moments come back to you of, oh, he preached about that too. 
and you're just when you're just sitting there at home, sometimes you're just, oh, I wish I need to do something better about this. Yeah. When you're in that action or whatever it is, you yeah. feel convicted over it. That's Jesus telling you, hey, I'm here. You got to stop doing what you're doing. You got to repent. You got to do what's right. So you get to a point where you get tired of hearing the same thing over and sure. over again, even though you don't want to change. Yes. And, and what's the action that you take? Because the husbandman had an option each time to say, hey, I'm so sorry. We shouldn't have done that. We didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. We made a mistake. Could you please forgive us? Here's everything and over what you're owed. You know, they could have given back. Right. But instead, they, they reasoned and said, well, if we kill the heir, we don't have to worry. Yeah. We don't have to worry about we it can, anymore. We if we keep do. pushing it aside, judgment won't come. We're going to live forever. <laughs> I, can, I can always repent on my deathbed. Yeah. Keep pushing it back and back and back and right. ignoring, ignoring the conviction that falls. And I know this because I've done it throughout most of my teenage life. I think we've all done it at some point, yes. at some point in our life. And, and you know, eventually the Lord will come back and he will destroy those that have taken part in that. And, and this may sound interesting because I haven't really described church hurt yet. I've, uh, I've done it a little, but the true yeah, I'm, transition I'm still, to... I'm, I'm, I'm kind of getting where little, you're going with it, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm building a foundation. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm a little slow. That's what, I'm being a pastor. I'm building a foundation. Let me build a foundation Let's for your church. Let's keep building. Yeah. Um, where's the, the cornerstone going? I haven't taken up the offering yet. Just wait. Uh, as we, <laughs> as we through continue the to close. But, yeah, as we, as we keep closing, we're going to keep closing here. If somebody could come to the piano. Um, <laughs> the, the reason I, I thought of this when it comes to church hurt is that when we take those actions of putting the conviction that we feel on the preacher or on the evangelist or on the other people in your church, right. those feelings don't, don't just stay there. They keep building up. And the more you hear about it, you put the anger that you feel at, at not being in the right place with God and not obeying his instruction and put it on those people. And then you will sometimes, because you're trying to avoid the sun coming and telling you what you're doing is wrong, you will leave the church. And to make yourself feel better, you will say it was because of them. They kept preaching about how I lived, and they weren't loving enough. They weren't accepting enough yeah. of how I was. And the truth is, is that all they wanted you to do is live the right life. And they were trying to do the same thing that Jesus would do. Because the message, no the matter way. which messenger was sent... The message didn't change. The only thing that changed was the people delivering the message. Like a hardened, like we yes. had a hardened heart. Yeah. Yes, and and you know all the servants said the same thing. Hey, can you give us a fruit? Because the message was from the Father. He the was Lord. sending that, and no matter who it was or how they delivered it, the message was the same. And that's how it is for us. We just we take the message, and we don't like the message. We don't like what they're saying. We don't want to change right. and live the right way if we're in sin. And, and so we keep beating the messenger, no matter who it is, and just putting it off. And if we leave the church, that's what we remember, is we just remember the feeling. No one likes conviction. Yeah. No one likes feeling that. It's, it's scary. Right. I was going to just say, my, like we, I was just talking about this with my mom. And there's a lot of times where some people, the conviction comes in a different way than you would expect it to come. Yeah. Um, Sometimes the like you're saying, preacher will a preacher would have their convictions that they have and they would also, with their convictions that they have, preach those convictions. When do you draw the line between conviction and commandment? 
and when do we say, all right, I'm going to treat this this conviction this way and this commandment this way. Um, I think that's a line that we have to figure out where it is, and I think that's also one of the problems that we have and we face is, you know, convictions being preached over the commandments of the Bible. You know, that's that's where... Convictions come after. Convictions are what, you know, are compelling to you. It compels it compels you to do what's right. So if, like for instance, if I am convicted of listening to rock music, I decide yeah. I'm not going to listen to rock music. Right. The sure. Bible doesn't teach me not to listen to rock music. I mean, there's there's things in the Bible that that have something not to say about like, uh, not implicitly. You know. It says like you know, abstain from all appearance of evil. Um, all the you know, all the all the whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are exactly. pure. You have all the different things, things in the Bible things. that teach you that, but the but having different like I don't know. I'm trying to say something, but I can't really say it. But listening to a certain kind of thing. And having that conviction is something that's different than a commandment. You you become what you listen to. That's true. I think that on the pulpit, you know, if, if something is a personal conviction, then you should pray a lot about that. Yeah. And make sure that what you, you Definitely. know. Before you do anything when it comes to telling other people how to do things. You know, because there is a standard of holiness, but if you don't have, I would say, multiple verses that back you up on that then you should be very careful about how you tell people how to live because it's not based fully in the word it's if it's based on ideas that are presented in the word that are very open to interpretation it's hard to say are you using you know satan used the word of god absolutely he did he, did. he tempted jesus and said you know well only after the two times that yeah. jesus gave scripture yes, to him yes i agree but in itself, the word of God can be twisted and used exactly. in different contexts. And what did Jesus do? He used other scripture to combat that. Yeah, Just did. like that guy that talked to you uh, about a man uh, cursed to listen to the... I can't, yeah. I can't remember it. Cursed to be the man that trusts another man. Yeah. Yes. And, and you know, that's that's definitely a thing that we have to watch out for. And, and that comes with knowing the word and knowing what is a very open, very easy to interpret verse. Like, and when I say easy to interpret, I mean easy to twist to your, to your own interpretation. Yeah. When it comes to abstain from all appearance of evil. The Bible in Psalm 119 and 11 says, the, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against yes. thee. So knowing that you know the word, that sure. you have that in your heart saying that this is what I'm going to stand on and I'll try not my best not to sin with the word of my heart. Sure. It's it's amazing. And I, I hate when people have experienced church hurt. A lot of times it's, it's due to hypocritical behavior. A Very lot much. of times it's due to, to people who are not truly loving and are only trying to use church to get what they want when it comes to they want to feel love and affection but mm. not give it to other people. And it, it hurts people, and they will leave forever having an impression of that. And we talked about it before, but, I mean, the same thing. It only takes one bad cop, and all of a sudden the whole department is bad. Yeah, there you go. Eventually the whole institution is wrong and racist and evil because of a few actions that people took that were not 
what the rest of the police force liked. They they were just as disheartened as everyone else in the country. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I I don't know the truth of this, but when when he sent his son, there's a possibility that the 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 husbandman probably like knew the son. Oh, yeah personally at at Absolutely. some level so it was like yeah you know, I'll send my son they know him they know wow. that this is not just some random guy that walked up and was like yeah. hey you know that's a really good point it is and I just forgot the rest of it so <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry I he knew he knew him personally and they would be more likely to respect him right and not kill him because yeah. they um, were he he was the ultimate authority he was the big boss and and he sent his son who was the heir to what he had. Like, like it says uh, in verse 13, I'm not going to read the whole verse, but it says, I will send my beloved son. It may be that they will reverence him when they see him. Yes. When they see him, that doesn't mean that he had to walk up and tell them who sure. he was and what his position was. They would respect him in seeing him and recognizing who he was. Well, you think about Absalom. He was uh, the son of David, uh, and and he was inciting revolt against David. And a lot yeah. of the people who listened to him listened to him because he was the son of the king and he was bad-mouthing him. And, and this is the opposite example of what we were talking about, but, but he used that influence and said, hey, look at what my dad's doing. He's not doing very well. Everybody hates him. Let's, let's start doing something about it. And eventually, the, you know, it came down to a, a battle between David and Absalom. And it went very badly for Absalom because the wise counsel of his advisor was ignored and the somewhat unwise counsel was was given by an advisor of David who was faithful to David. And he told him, you know, what we should do is they were preparing for battle and Ahithophel, who was the, you know, advisor to Absalom said, hey, let's, let's get out there and fight as quickly as possible and just get all our guys together quickly and go and hit them before they know what's happening. And right. at that almost, point, almost David like was, ambush. yeah, and David was, was trying to care for women and children. He was trying to make sure everybody was safe. He was not in a position that he, he could stand a surprise attack. War. Yes. So instead, what, what uh, Hushai, I think is his name, I'm not looking at it directly, but he said, you know what we should do is, is, is that your father is going to be, and his armies are like whelps, uh, what was it, bears robbed of their whelps, or lions robbed of their whelps, or their children. And, and all you've done is, is you've taken some of the people that he, he has loved and turned them to your own devices, and, and they're going to be so mad. And, and you think about, we've heard talk of the mighty men of David, this was a the top of the. It's like going against a SWAT team. It's like going against Navy SEALs. These were top of the line people. Yeah. His army was insanely good at fighting. They'd been doing it a long time. They all knew what they were doing. And he's like, these mighty men are gonna destroy you. So let's wait a long time. Let's <laughs> let's make sure we got everybody here, and we'll come down on them like sand and destroy them. Like and, sand. What yeah. A, what a stupid thing. I don't think that's actually how he said it, but. He's. We needed to have. I think it was as many as sand on the shore, something like that, and and just have we'll as many people as we could and totally destroy them. Yeah. And the truth is, all they were doing is giving David time to plan and prepare his army for an, an extra attack. Yeah. So David got to plan the field of offense. He did it on a forest, and the Bible says that it was said that that the field killed as many people as the army did. So they were getting attacked by lions and bears and 
and all sorts of things of that nature in the swamps. I'm sure there was horrible things in that. Yeah, probably, probably some quicksand in there yeah. as well. Like and so Absalom eventually of... ended riding up on a donkey, escaping from the field of battle. And donkey. David had, it actually says mule, I think, but same thing. David had given Basically. specific well, orders not to harm a hair on Absalom's head, which were a plenty because he had very long, luscious hair. I think it, it said that it was the beauty of all Israel or something like that. And uh, as he was riding was in his man. mule, yeah, as he was riding in his mule, we don't believe in that now, but back then it was okay. Uh, <laughs> or at least, least tolerate. Hold on. Let's talk convictions again. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Let's that's, do that. That's, that's not a conviction. If your pastor's preaching you about man, having long hair, that's an issue. Yeah, yeah. That, it's a shame for a man to have long hair. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So as he was, and this is why right here, as he was riding along on his mule, his hair got caught in the branch of a tree. And he was pulled off the mule, which is a very funny sight. Yeah. And the mule kept going, and he was so hanging there by I his just, head. I just have the mental image of like him going along and just going, ah! Yeah. <laughs> well, nobody else can see that, but just, like, just, just up in being the tree. whipped yeah. off of him. Off the so he's hanging from the tree. But anyhow, he's hanging by his hair, and a soldier of David... Uh, let me read this to make sure I have now, it correct. You say so. If, if you're hanging from your hair, if... My hair gets stuck in something, and I'm a soldier. And and in this time, every soldier had your hair was long. So yeah, yeah. I just got a haircut, so I'm good right now. Yeah. Um, every soldier, I assume, would be carrying a sword or a dagger or both. And if your hair is long enough and gets stuck in the branches of a tree, my first thought would to be to just cut it off. Let's go into uh, physics. And when you're when you're riding a horse or a mule and you're going so fast and you get caught by a tree branch, there's a chance that the stuff that you have on you is going to fall off of your body. So you might not have that. The Fair sword point. might have fallen off the sheath or, um, you know, whatever item you had that would be able to cut your hair off probably didn't, probably in your side bag if you had it in on mm. the thing. The, it wouldn't that's, have been with That's you. a fair point. Um, I didn't it, think of that. Yeah, it's, it, I mean... That's not the what. That's not exactly what happened. That's just, um, you know, just looking at it, speculating it. It's, it's we don't know for sure, but that could be what happened. You know, it could be that this, all the stuff that he had riding riding with him it just was fell like, right off. Ah, no. <laughs> <laughs> There's my stuff. Why can't I just cut my hair off so I can get down? Yeah, because like to me, it grows back. I would I would rather probably goes back faster when you hang it from your hair. Well, possibly. <laughs> I I feel like though, if the options are, be captured by my my dad's people who I just tried to overthrow, or cut my hair off, I'm, I'm leaving that hair, hair on the tree yeah. and I'm booking it. I'm leaving. Snip, snip. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like something. So I'm really glad I pulled this up because <laughs> there's so much good stuff in this when it comes to writing yeah. that I could not fully express. Hey everybody, this is Bill Turner from the Bros Podcast. I hope you really enjoyed this episode. I know we really enjoyed recording it. And if you are getting interested in the story of Absalom that we had brought today, I hope you join us next week because we had broken it down way more in depth and ended up going on about another 30 or 45 minutes. We had a blast and it was a lot of fun, but it ended up going a little bit long for most people. I know I can listen to a podcast for two to three hours sometimes, but some people like to have those episodes shortened to 30 or 45 minutes or so. If you want a longer episode, make sure to tell us and go to our website where you can leave feedback at thebrospod.com. 
Thank you guys so much for everything. We've really enjoyed doing this. And if you want to keep listening, we'll have the rest of the story of Absalom broken down in semi-comedic fashion from me and the other guys coming to you next week. Thank you all for listening and have a very blessed week. Thank you.